Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. It was kind of fast, but it works. Yeah, go for it. All right, thank you. Freaking nailed it. Well done, Caitlin. Thank you, thank you. You got that intro on... I'm sorry. On what? I don't know. I was going to say on fleek? Like... Yes, that is exactly... I just missed the word. I was going to say on point. Oh, what? But that works too. On fleek. I'm I'm not going to say that again. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I wish I hadn't said it the first time. Uh, Uh, It's almost Thanksgiving. I know. It's coming up quick. (sighs) Kaylin, how is it Thanksgiving next week? How? It's like a... I don't know, law food, you know? It's a milestone before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, Thanksgiving's done. I've eaten my big meal. Yeah. You have big plans for Thanksgiving? We're going to my parents' house and Nick's uh, and uncle's house. Two Thanksgivings. Two in one day, so. Are you prepared to eat a full meal at each one? I think so. Yep, I prepared, (laughs) maybe a little workout in between. Oh, that sounds like the worst. Or a nap. There it is. There it is. A nap. Like, change into your pajamas, like some sweatpants Yeah, once I said workout, I knew that wasn't going to happen, so... (laughs) I felt in my heart that that wasn't true. (laughs) I like to believe it, but it's not. You're cooking. I know. I am cooking. We have it down now, though. I have a friend, Jeff, who, of course, was on the podcast. He and I have a list of everything we need to do, and it's on like Google Drive so we just print that out we each like take our part and we are done in like 3 hours dang man we can put a thanksgiving dinner together in mm-hmm. no time awesome so yeah we kill it i'm just saying you're a seasoned cook at yeah. thanksgiving <laughs> now we have a big uh cool garage kitchen yeah. i guess so we're going to try cooking out there that'd be great so yeah should be fun should be fun well, what are we drinking, Michelle? Oh, well, it because of Thanksgiving yeah. coming up, we're drinking, what do we call Glenn. these, Caitlin? Sparkling Caramel Apple Cider. Ooh, yeah, that is okay. what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. No, and actually, it turns out these are simple and super delicious, yeah. and as we are now discovering, wildly dangerous. I think all our drinks are wildly dangerous. Yeah, it's probably true. Except for the ones like the butterbeer where you can't oh. even hardly gag them down. Yeah. Okay, we don't need to get into that. But um, It's only two ingredients, right? Yeah. So it's caramel apple. Oh, my God. Not caramel apple. Caramel vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just put like probably maybe three quarters of a shot in the bottom of the glass. And mm-hmm. the bottom of sort of a champagne glass. We have these really cool like poop glasses yeah they're cool but and then you just fill it with <laughs> martinelli's or some sparkling. you know sparkling cider yeah. and it's delicious and it just has that little flavor of caramel along with the cider and you can drink the hell out of them yeah as very it turns tasty. out we're on our like third and i haven't even been here for that long it's true but the glasses are small so thank you that's, caitlin that's, they are a little small point that out uh, but you know, it's, I think that's a really good Thanksgiving drink because it's simple and easy and you can make a lot of it with, you know. Yeah. And people. it's just, yeah, super and delicious and helps you sort of get into the mood for Thanksgiving. Dealing with family. <laughs> yes, Caitlin. <laughs> well put. Uh, all right. Well, let's just jump Are we going to kick it? it? I think so. All right. I'm ready. 
Have you heard of the recent tragedy at Astroworld concert? Yes, yes, I did. I've heard of like no news in the world. I'm wildly out of touch mm-hmm. with current events, but I have in fact heard yes. about that. So it was a concert that... Uh, Got a little bit out of hand, it sounded pretty like. Pretty much, yes. And eight people passed away. It turns out though, uh, just the other day, it has gone up to ten people. Oh, I had and, not heard that. Including a nine-year-old boy. Oh, Isn't that terrible? It is terrible. Passed away at the hospital. So... This made me curious if this has happened before. And it has mm. happened multiple times. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, one that's one of the significant ones was uh, at a Who concert. 11 people died because of They you were know, just crushing. rocking yeah. too hard. Yeah. Well, at the Astroworld, a lot of people like broke through fences. Like There were too many people at this venue. Oh. And people were passing out because they couldn't breathe because it was so people were pushing so much mm. and then once they passed it out and people were trampling them and the people it was just it's just terrible well, absolutely awful i've been to numerous concerts in my life but yeah. not all of them general admission where you're like actually down on the floor but i remember one in one in particular it was this like venue in portland and uh-huh. um all i remember about it is it had a bouncy floor that's a crystal ballroom yeah oh yeah. is that it okay yeah, yeah. so I, we were there and i just we were hanging out in the front and kind of having a good time and then the music started and there was this like whoosh of like yes all this people just like coming up yeah. at you i mean i went there and saw blue october and mm. like it was in a mosh pit okay and even if it, there was, like, a mosh pit, it's, like, I don't know. It wasn't, like, hundreds and thousands of people just trying to push their way to well, the front, which, why? Like, I don't... Yeah. You try to go there to enjoy the music, especially, like, we're still in a pandemic, really. Well, so. if you're, like, me, you're going to be, like, I want to get that drummers, or I guess the drummers, like, the worst example. I want to get mm-hmm. that, you know lead vocalist like to get eye contact with me because he's gonna be like oh my god i saw you in the crowd and you know we're married you know or something (laughs) my friend and i we were at the very top like the nosebleeds of a maroon five concert and i went to the bathroom during the um like the break or the break well the pre -pre oh my gosh i don't know the opening act the opening act in between the opening act yeah and and then we met with uh a promoter and we got to go to the floor like right where the Ooh. concert was happening and we were so close and i got a pick i'm just saying i caught it uh yeah but there was no like i don't know it was no pushing i got a, a good oh, area it, it, it was wasn't a like, big deal no i'm like, surprised to hear that no i was never pushed i was never like I don't know. I mean, these concerts may not be like as hardcore as you know these other ones but uh Maybe it's a little more tame. Maybe I like a... I was just holding yeah, my drink Yeah, maybe Maroon and, uh, 5 isn't quite the the concert we need to be the example. Enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I still I, have I don't kick, know, though. I'm though. just saying. I got it. What the it. hell's his name? Why can't I think of it all of a sudden? The main dude. Adam, Adam Levine. Yeah. Mm, I do like Adam Levine. This story... He's got a delightful voice. <laughs> Embodied. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, this story is kind of, like, because it's still an open investigation happening, so I don't want to, like... Yeah, we need to get back down to, like, 
<laughs> I feel like I took us off track and kind of no. got us all like cracking up about concerts and now we need to go back to a tragic one so i apologize well, it's a Maroon five concert so there's enough to go off of that but <laughs> but yeah so they got me thinking about other things that have happened so i found this story and this story happens in cambodia okay so, and the survivor's name is ung Niet. so ung is 27 years old and he's a repairman okay and, again, we're at the capital of Cambodia, which is um, we Phnom Penh. Oh. That's right. Is Phnom it? Phnom Penh, yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> and it is November 22nd, 2010. It's the water festival. It's a three-day holiday over there. Mm. And that's marking the end of the monsoon season, so the rainy season. It's oh, the okay. end of it. So is this kind of a like a national holiday, yeah, probably? Yeah, I mean... I can't say. I don't know either. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even asked. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It is an annual festival that they do every year. Okay. And there was actually, this year, there was an estimate of 1.5 to 2 million people to celebrate this event. That's a lot. The main attraction is the traditional boat races among the river. Ooh. So people come to watch. And these are like giant boats with like 80 people on them like oh, a tea, like wow. it's, it's really a big thing so the races pretty much go all day and the last race was ending in the evening around 10 p.m at night oh, wow and then there was going to be a free concert on the diamond island so there was like the mainland there was like this bridge and it was like this little like an island-esque area where there's okay. going to be a concert there's going to be a stage out there or something yeah thing. Mm-hmm. so of course with all those people, they want to go to this concert. You're freaking high on mm-hmm. boat races. <laughs> yeah. I get it. There's about 7,000 to 8,000 people on this 50-meter narrow bridge. <laughs> it was a smaller bridge. I mean... That doesn't feel safe. No. No. So it was extremely crowded. Oh, my God. People... Can, do you think it was, like, just swaying or... Well, mm, oh, mm. Okay. <laughs> People started having issues breathing of how tight it was so together like everyone was. together. People started to pass out because they were squeezed so much that they couldn't get any oh my breath. Gosh. They were probably stuck upright still, though. And then the bridge started to sway. Oh, well, God. <laughs> That's so scary. With that bridge starting to sway, people started to panic. And then some people were yelling that it was going to collapse. And that just started... A whole Even panic. panic. Absolutely. Now a stampede of people are trying to get off this bridge. So they're trying to get off on both sides, of oh course. Oh, my God. But there are people pushing and climbing on top of each other. So they're pushing, trying to get this way. Some people are trying to push the other way. <sighs> this is making me stressed out. I, All I can think of is, like, Indiana Jones, like, bridge or something oh. like that, where he's trying to pass over some giant... Crevasse. It was. It was. I mean, it. It wasn't that type of bridge, but it was. It was a bridge. I mean, (laughs) it still wasn't great. If it's swaying as badly as, well, I don't know. What do I know about bridges? Okay, sorry. And one report said that the pile was five people high, just totally crushed in, crushed into people. People were getting desperate and started to jump off the bridge into the shallow shallow water to escape being crushed. Uh, that's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, totally. The the water was only like uh like waist like deep. Waist deep. So it mm, 
So people aren't landing very gracefully no. is maybe what you're saying. Correct. So uh. this one survivor named Cho Vandeth, she was 21 years old and a student teacher. And mm. she states, many people were trying to move, but they couldn't. There was no air. I felt myself standing on other people. So since you were there like five people high, people are standing on top of each other on the bottom. Oh, my gosh. Which must make breathing even Exactly. Crazier. You have all these people standing on you. You can't move. So she's like, I can't. This is an outdoor event, yeah. right? Uh-huh. God, it's crazy to think that you could run out of air just out of doors. Oh, Do you know? right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That's true. So it seemed that both sides of the bridge, people were pushing, and that added panic and got out of hand. People tried to climb up the bridge, and they mm. ended up pulling down electrical wires, oh, which they were, which were now fallen down. And electric- oh, just live wires just hanging out all over the place. It was now electrocuting people. Oh my god, this is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. <laughs> This would be a fun festival, but it's turning into something terrible. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, people are now dying from being crushed, suffocated, and now electrocuted. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, Ung was in the midst of the stampede and was tangled among the bodies of those who had passed. He was... (laughs) I seriously am, like, having a little bit of a hard time breathing. (sighs) He was covered in blisters and now unable to breathe. He recalls feeling panic, terror, and then hopelessness. What is the blisters from? Rubbing up against people, probably. Oh, my gosh. That is intense. Like, that is pure craziness. He said he remembered calling for help from his deceased grandfather. He felt his... I know. he, He felt his spirit come to him, and Ung was able to jump into the water, uh, injuring his legs, but was taken to the hospital right after. Well, a broken leg is better than being dead. Dead. Exactly. So there was a total of 347 people that (sighs) passed away that day. That's so many people. People were wedged for hours among the dead, asking for water as they waited to be unstuck. So I can't even fathom how stuck these people were. Like, well, I mean, 7,000. Seven to eight thousand people on a little bridge. Yeah. Like, I, it's like it's hard to even imagine no, how this would come to be. Yeah, it was insane. Could you imagine being stuck, wedged between people who passed away? And you can't get out, no. and you're like, oh, how terrifying. Yeah. I do want to note that the government disputed the claims of the electric shock, uh, but doctors treating patients since said that electrocution, suffocation, internal bleeding, and drowning were the main causes. Drowning, too? So well, they, they fell and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they think that some people died and fell off, and then... Uh, or maybe or passed out and Passed fell out, off. fell off, drowned, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Or maybe knocked themselves out, trying to... Get out. If they dove or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Paul, an Australian firefighter working with the Cambodian Emergency Services, said it took him about 35 minutes to work his way through the crowd on the bridge. So, unstucking, like, unsticking people, you know, getting them out. Uh, He states it's fairly confronting to see 300-plus casualties in an area less than 100 square meters. Once the bridge was clear, there were piles of shoes and clothing just... You couldn't see the floor. It was just oh. piles of shoes. That's heartbreaking. I mean, you would think like a tsunami came or right. something. Yeah. Not just 
happy people trying to go to a concert. Exactly, right? It's crazy how something so, like, I'm going to this festival. It's going to be so so fun. fun. Turn to something so deadly. It's crazy. The next morning, distraught families were searching through rows of numbered dead laid out in tents in the city's hospitals. There's also a board of photos of all the deceased so people can try to find their loved ones. Yuck. Hun Sen, uh, the prime minister, declared a day of national mourning for that Thursday. Mm. November 10th, 2011. So we're now a year. Yeah. uh, Well, almost a year. just about. To the day of the tragedy, Ung shares his story. He states, images of the stampede are racing through my mind. I'm still afraid of crowded places. I want to try to force myself to walk across that bridge, but I cannot. I cannot push away the images of the dead and injured. People all around me. Oh, God. I can still hear them. When I dream, the dead people are calling me to go with them. I try to hit them until I wake up. Even when I am talking to you about this now, I feel goosebumps. I will not go... Well, to this year's event. He didn't say that, but yeah. And told my brother not to go. He's done with this festival. Absolutely. I would be as well. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. Mm -hmm. So now it's been three years since the incident. So it's now 2013. And Ung states... Until only recently, I was dreaming about it almost every night. I don't oh. dream about it now, but I can't forget it. Oh, my gosh. So, he, he got some improvement, I guess. But just but not a lot of peace Not a lot it. of peace. Oh. But, I mean, Ung, along with other survivors, friends, and family, they all join together in a memorial service each year. So, oh, I well, mean. that's good. Instead of running from it he's embrace i mean not embracing it but he's remembering those who've passed yeah. that event and i think that having people go through the same thing i think it's good to have that support mm. also because yeah. they, they understand what he's feeling well there's an intimacy right that you i think can't be built in any other way right. i mean unfortunately yeah so no one was held accountable for what has happened like the government you know um mm. it was we shouldn't have popped a guard at the front, being like, five people. Five. Well, they they call the tragedy unexpected and an accident. Oh, I'm, but yeah. But there's a lot of people that are saying that, like, law enforcement. Because I guess there was another way onto the island, but they closed that off just to have that one area to mm. go through. And, of course, with that many people attending the festival, is it just wasn't realistic, I guess. I want to know what band they were going to see. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I they but, were awesome i just think it's i've been to a lot of concerts again i mean well i mean i've been to well okay sorry <laughs> i'm like i've been You're to, heading down a road that maybe you shouldn't no perhaps i've been like okay like i've been to poison and def leopard i mean mm. like they're 80 i mean it's older not people are gonna be mosh pitting there you yeah know? i'm trying to think of like the hardest concert i've ever been to and there's just not a lot <laughs> Yeah, I guess I haven't been to, like, a hard concert, which... I just don't enjoy that kind of type of music. Yeah, or maybe just that scene, too. I think I got up front at a Paramore concert once, Mm. and um, there was some pushing there. There were some choice words said. (laughs) Uh, They were all mean and hurtful. (laughs) But uh, I never felt endangered, I guess. So it's... uh, hmm. 
Well, even with Black Friday, with Thanksgiving coming up, people oh. have passed away from people stampeding over them just to get the best deals. Like, it's crazy. I know. I can't even with Black Friday anymore. No. I'm no. done with the whole thing. Pretty much as soon as they started opening on Thanksgiving, yeah. I was out. Yeah. It's like, nah, that's too much. There's something to be said about having to get up early and the store opens at like 4 a.m. Right. or something. That's kind of fun, but... Yeah. When you're just rolling out as soon as you've eaten dinner, forget it. Well, also people just fighting each other to get, you know, a TV. Like 20 or... bucks off of a PlayStation. Come yeah, on, guys. It's, it's insane. I've seen so many videos. And I'm like, I just can't. I just can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. So It just does not seem worth it to me. No. <laughs> Maybe I just don't love my family enough. <laughs> I mean, like, when it's Black Friday shopping, you kind of expect that kind of behavior. But when you're going to a festival, you're just excited to be there, you know? Yeah. To celebrate with everyone. But then... Then tragedy completely strikes. Yeah. I mean, it just takes one comment to kind of set Everyone on edge. Yeah. Well, especially because, you know, a bridge is collapsing. Yeah, I want to get off (laughs) of this bridge, you know? So... When you're already feeling crushed, you're already probably on the verge of panic. Yeah. And then you hear something like that and start feeling the bridges swaying. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to do everything you can to get off of it. Well, it's so crazy, like, how easy it is for your... For you not to be able to breathe with that pressure on you. I mean... Oh, I know. That is, like, partly one of the most surprising things of the whole thing. Yeah. It's just people suffocated. Exactly. Ugh. Super sad. So... Well, thanks for that story, Caitlin. I know. I'm sorry. But Ung did... <laughs> he was on the brink of death. Like, he yeah. was, like, calling out to his dead grandfather. Like, he was... <laughs> He was about done, but he was able to, you know, jump off, which I probably would try to do too, honestly. Yeah, but well, if especially there's like if a, there's a little bit of water. Yeah. You know. Well, also being electrocuted, like, oh my gosh. Like, that's well, just an added thing to be that afraid of. does make the water a little more scary. That's true. But it, no, the, it was too far below. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's why, people were, that's why he injured his legs, because the water wasn't that high, and it was kind of high up. Mm. So. All right. Point well made, Caitlin. Thank you. Just saying. <laughs> but everyone, go to concerts and enjoy yourself. But just be careful. Just yeah. Don't engage don't. in the mosh pits. And don't be an asshole and push people. Like, what? Yeah. Especially if you don't have tickets to the concert. Fucking go home. <laughs> like, Caitlin's done. You don't pay the money, you don't get to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I did not realize you were so passionate about well, concerts. Well, if people are, like, breaking down, like, barriers to get inside and they haven't paid and they're not supposed to be there, then yeah, what what was the point of me, you know, paying, paying and getting my spot? One bazillion dollars. Exactly. Whatever it costs now. Yeah. Concerts Plus, we're in a pandemic. So just fucking don't be in a group, okay? I just don't like... You gotta wear your... Well, never mind. I'm just not gonna get into it. I apologize. What? Oh, I just don't like having to wear my mask inside. Or, like, we got tickets to an outdoor concert. Yeah. And we were gonna have to wear the mask uh, the whole time. And it was like, no, Well, the thing is, like, going. if there is distance, I think that's fine. Especially with the vaccinations. I think things are gonna start getting back to normal, for sure. But it's like, when you have... I mean, I guess this wasn't during COVID. But if there was, like... Well, at the Astro World, you know, people were just crammed in there and i would a small area yeah and i just would not i would not feel comfortable i don't like people breathing on me i guess that's what it comes (laughs) down to i'm sorry now we've gotten to the core we got to the core give me my space don't breathe on me (laughs) don't shove me uh, into an elevator and we'll be all good yeah please don't do that 
Or just just be careful. Just be safe. Just uh, give people space. Well said, Caitlin. Thank, I, is it well said? I don't know. <laughs> You're like, Meh. It's not. All right. All right, Michelle. It's your turn. Should we jump in? <sighs> okay. So I'm taking us back to 1992. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and this actually takes place in Hawaii, oh. which is where I wish I was right now. I know, right? Seriously. My it, friends are there. Tony and Jesse. What? Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> I want to be there. They are jerks. They listen, so. Yeah. Tell them I said it. No, they'll hear it. Jerks. <laughs> All right. So this story is about Craig Hosking. And actually, I probably said that wrong, but we're Craig. moving on. Craig. There's going to be a couple other fellows mm-hmm. uh, that join us in this uh, survival story, I guess would be a good way to put it. But we're going to focus on Craig for a little while. I like it. So Craig is a Hollywood camera pilot. Oh, so, fancy. Yeah, he takes a lot of the action shots. Oh, wow. You know, so it's like he's done action shots for James Bond movies, Ooh. for Batman movies. I mean, back in 1992, so I guess it was really probably only the Batman movie. Um, <laughs> and True. Indiana Jones and everything. So, i.e., he was living his dream job. Yeah. Like, that was what was going on for him. So he was passionate about flying and photography, and he had been flying and licensed to fly since he was 16 year old. Oh my God. Licensed to fly since he was 16 years old. So in this particular case, uh, in 1992, he was hired to fly uh, Mike Benson and camera technician Christopher Duddy around. Okay. And what they were supposed to do is they needed a scene of boiling lava for this movie that they were working on called Sliver, which um, I feel like I... Sliver or Slither? Sliver. Okay. I don't know. I feel like I've seen it. I don't know if the movie ever actually got made or if I'm just a crazy person, but Me a little bit. And, yeah. Yeah. All all of those things. And so they ended up going to this one specific volcano for because it was like super active. Okay. So they knew they could probably get, you know, the footage. Good that, yeah, the good yeah. shots that they were looking for. So they were off to Kilauea to get these amazing film shots. They spent a whole Saturday recording shots from this volcano i guess so they were recording this like large plume of smoke that Mm -hmm. was coming up and they were like near this vent called pua oo i i'm sorry hey you're trying you're trying (laughs) i'm trying i promise i'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything so but i guess inside this volcano there was this pool of sort of glowing lava, and they're uh-huh. like, we obviously have to get a good shot of that. And it turns out it's like 100 feet down inside this crater. Mm-hmm. And then inside, inside, there's like essentially an island with okay. some lava around it. Interesting. And so Craig uh, flew the camera crew down into the volcano. He flew him down into this very deep crater. <laughs> and so what he would do is he would sort of fly into the crater. They would get some footage. He would fly out. He would fly back in, get more footage. And so on the third pass, kind mm-hmm. of going down into the crater, they seemed to lose power. Like all of a sudden they were having all these issues with their helicopter. So there was warning lights flashing and the malfunction sort of came on so suddenly that the three men were sort of instantly plunged down. So the 
helicopter kind of dropped <gasps> even more. Oh, my god! And they were plunged into a huge cloud of smoke and steam. Oh, my god! So, because, I mean, the lava is putting off yeah. all kinds of stuff. They realized, like, uh, Craig sort of got them up and out a little bit. And the, the sort of fog cleared a little bit. And what he realized is that he had no choice to land the helicopter. He was never going to make it up and out of the crater again. Uh-huh. Oh, so okay. he had to go down <gasps> into the volcano oh instead and aim for that little island. That oh, my gosh. <laughs> we talked about. So pretty much he had like seconds to act uh-huh. before the helicopter started this fall, massive yeah. crash landing. They he went down, um, and he couldn't land like too close to the lava because he would have even more problems with his helicopter. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it was very steep, um, oh. and so he kind of had to go around. And then they ended up in the center of the crater on that little tiny island. So he was like, "Wow!" So he got right to the center. Like, yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so unfortunately, on his way down. The because the helicopter was going down pretty quickly. Yeah. One of the main rotors on the top, you know, the going mm-hmm. around actually struck the side of the crater <gasps> and oh, it no. broke free of the fuselage. So it's like there was no way they could fly the helicopter out. I guess is my point. Oh, they were no. completely stranded inside there. Oh my gosh. Okay. So they get out of the helicopter Mm -hmm. they're like oh my god they're all dazed and in shock and they're looking at their poor rumpled heap of a helicopter hanging out and they were just we're in a volcano what are we supposed to do now i guess the air was just super thick with noxious fumes yeah and so there was like they were choking on uh the poisonous fumes and the sound of the rocks the molten rock bubbling up added to this like plus it's super hot right yeah it's hot you got this terrible smell that is probably poisoning you oh my gosh and then the sound of the lava just kind of sounding like it was coming up at you like all the time they said it was kind of it sounded a little bit like the ocean Oh, you know, because it was sort of lapping the oh. sides of the, I guess the sides of this little island, island that yeah. they're on. They realized that almost immediately that these gases were extremely dangerous. Mm. Uh, the gases included hydrogen sulfide, which is poisonous, highly corrosive, flammable, and explosive. So just everything you want to see in your breathing air. Yeah. Um, and then there was a toxic irritant called sulfur dioxide. And so they're, even though like, their skin and things were starting to get irritated oh. from just being down there. And so at this point, there's no sign or hope of a rescue party. I mean, they've crashed. They have no way of calling help. Oh, they don't? No. Oh, my they're, gosh. Like, did they tell anyone where they were? Well, I'm sure they did. Right. Um, so probably help would have come eventually. Uh-huh, but their but, time is short. Yeah. And whether they would have looked inside of a, inside of a volcano. Right. Like, Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe that's, not. That's the last place. They kind of all decided to sort of go separate ways at this point. Okay. So Craig decided that he wanted to stay with the helicopter, that he wanted to try to fix the helicopter enough to be able to call for help. Whereas mm. Mike and Christopher decided that they were going to try to climb out of the crater. 
Oh, so, wow. So, um, Craig stayed behind. Okay. And, okay, yeah. tell, you tell. and so, yeah, Caitlin, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> now you know oh, how it feels, Michelle. I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> if only that wasn't so true. So Mike and Christopher did not have a lot of climbing experience or anything. Yeah. And what they found was that it was completely the most nerve-wracking experience ever. So I guess the crater walls are super crumbly. And if they made any kind of wrong move as they were trying to ascend up the volcano walls, it would like almost start a landslide. So if they just oh stepped slightly wrong, all this like rock and just crater wall yeah. would just come careening down. And so they had to go super slowly and super carefully to sort of make their way up the crater. Wow. And so, but unfortunately, they became separated like pretty quickly. Oh. And so they ended up sort of both climbing in different directions. <gasps> I think they were probably just had their head down, were trying to climb carefully, yeah. and just ended up sort of accidentally yeah, yeah. going different ways. They ended up not even making it quite to the top of the crater rim. So they ended up getting separated uh -huh. about 60 feet below the top of it. Okay. And pretty much just had to kind of take a break for a little while. So, so there's like a platform that they sat at? I think I what? think it's just kind of the side of a hill oh, is, you know, probably a pretty I steep see. hill. Mm -hmm. So Craig down below was actually having better luck than Christopher and Mike were trying to get their way out. Really? So yeah, he was working in choking air um, and he had several setbacks, but eventually he was able to fix the helicopter's emergency radio. Oh, okay. And Dang. he summoned help. <gasps> and Yay! Actually, a courageous local pilot actually went down and was able to get a, a helicopter down into the crater. And Craig was able to get aboard and up they went. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, oh, I know. It's like, okay. Da, okay. Da, da, da. But as it turns out, trying to rescue the other two men was going to be far more challenging because, because they are on the side of the yeah okay. exactly and in two different places so oh, they just went no. down got craig plucked them out and yeah. off they went so mike decided he was done climbing he's yeah. gonna sit tight that was probably going to be his best option for being rescued so he sat there like and that was his strategy for getting out of there okay the air was cleaner where he was so he was right, actually that's what I was thinking the higher he went yeah easier it, to breathe that's exactly he ended up being able to breathe a little bit better but he just felt like trying to continue to climb was just going to be too dangerous it was just mm. so precarious right. and things were ready to fall at any moment Ugh. and so christopher far away from mike at this point he decided to just keep on going. Okay. He's like, nope, I got to keep going. He figured if he stopped at any time that he would probably end up dying. Oh. So he was just like, he just plugged and plugged ahead yeah. and just kept on going. So he just opted to keep on struggling towards the rim of the volcano. Mm -hmm. At one point during his super slow ascent, he had a terrible shock. <laughs> this man-sized object suddenly appeared through the cloud of gas and just... It looked like this giant sort of body falling out of the sky. Oh. And he was just like, what the hell? Oh, my God. It's Mike. Ah. He didn't stay put. He's falling to his death. But what it ended up being was more of the signs of a rescue attempt were on the way. It was like survival gear. 
that oh. they threw into the volcano to oh my gosh help them out. That would have scared them like to jump back and then fall. And yeah, and it was like it looked like a a body, a body in a duffel bag. Oh my gosh, like that. But unfortunately, he couldn't do anything with it. Aww. He was still on the side of the volcano, yeah. and you know was probably not going to try to go back down. Oh, so yeah, it ended up getting thrown over the ridge that it would land close to the men Mm. but it was too far away because as i said they've been climbing for a while now but now poor christopher is totally like unsettled and in shock on the side of this volcano because he just thought he saw his friend just careen down and it was he didn't realize at the time that it was a pack of survival gear so he was taken aback for... Yeah, he was for a little while. So he eventually reached the rim of the volcano. It was 2.30 the following afternoon. So oh they gosh. had spent the night and... So well, I'm surprised that he survived with breathing all that yeah. toxic air. I think much. if Craig, Craig down below had stayed, he probably would have died. Right. Because at this point, Christopher is coughing and wheezing from the effects of the gas. Ugh. But he was feeling like, I'm now I'm at the top. At least I'm safe. Poor Mike, mm-hmm. you know, more than 24 hours into this whole, whole ordeal, is still sitting tight Ugh. at his spot halfway up or about i guess about 60 feet from the top of the volcano having lost contact with the other two he just figured he was probably the only one alive at this point he was even he was super anxious about being rescued and just the thought of his other survivors killed yeah like if he was the only one he just figured he was probably not getting rescued like oh i see Forget it. So he tried to take his mind off of his fears as he's sitting there um, using little tricks. He was reciting the alphabet backwards and, you know, just like little mind tricks. He had no food and he hadn't eaten for many, many days, or not many, many days, many, (laughs) many hours at this point. But to drink, he pretty much like cupped his water and just held his hands out for the rain to come down. And he caught like a little bit of rain water and drank that. He thought at one point he, I mean, he was clearly starting to hallucinate at this point, probably from all the gases and things. So at one point he thought that the figure of, I think it's Pele, I want to say, Pele, it's probably, they're like, no, it's not that at all. Hawaii's spiteful goddess of volcanoes had come to him. And was reaching out to him from across the crater. Uh, but fortunately, he had a little bit of fight left in him. And he's like, you're not getting me today. <laughs> and he got to his feet and screamed for him to, for her to leave him alone. And then he kind of came to and was like, oh, shoot. You know, I better, better figure something yeah. out. <laughs> so now Monday morning. This started wow. on Saturday. We're now Monday morning. Mike is still trapped. So <laughs> Craig's made it out. Christopher's made it to oh, the top did. of the volcano. He's out. Oh, my god! So now Mike, who's... He's the only one left in. No. So he sees that they're, like, the haze and the smoke sort of clear momentarily. And as the smoke clears, he sees a pilot of another helicopter oh. trying to find him. And oh. so 
the helicopter was actually able to spot Mike at that same oh time my gosh. as well. So lucky. Yeah, they're like, ding, 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 ding. We got him. We got him. And then, like, the smoke just comes back and, like, completely obstru- obscures his vision again. And he probably was like, I didn't actually. It was all a dream. There's no helicopter there. But then he realized that, in fact, a rescue team was on his way. So the helicopter tried to come down to get him. And it was too steep or they just like they came down once tried couldn't get into the right position Mm -hmm. had to go back up they came back down again tried again Mm. still couldn't do it so what they ended up doing is throwing down what do they call it i was like it was just a cable with like a net on the bottom oh okay. so he was able to sort of crawl into the net and then they were able to lift him up and out so he was airlifted out of the volcano oh my gosh so so long yeah no that's two days of just sitting there you're told like if you're lost stay Stay, still yeah stay put Everyone else got rescued. <laughs> no, poor guy. If he had stayed down at the bottom, right, they all would have been died. rescued and like. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. They all would have been rescued the first day. Right. And um, so, but it took almost two full days for him to get rescued. I mean, it makes sense though. Like higher ground, better air. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if yeah. Craig had stayed down there any longer, he was probably inside the helicopter, right. maybe with the doors closed mm. and was able to have a little bit better air quality but maybe Ugh. not i don't know my gosh so he was airborne and on his way to the Yay. hospital so for nearly a week he was still coughing i bet and but he was so relieved to find out that the other two men had oh, made it right, out right because yeah he thought he was the only one yeah oh. he said he found out that they had only suffered a couple of minor cuts and bruises <laughs> And they all felt super lucky having come out of something like this because yeah. a crash like that, normally you're going to be, you're not just coming out with a couple of cuts and bruises right, and especially <laughs> crash landing at the bottom of, of a activity. volcano. Oh my, oh my God. So, and that's what they said. After coming down inside of an active volcano is nothing short of amazing. Absolutely. So... Good Ugh. thing with Cray, like he landed it perfectly. That like, he did I know. not land he in the lava, him. and he's like that. Uh, the the oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too many apple ciders. The um the pilot who landed on the river, the Hudson River. Why can't I think of his oh, name? All of a sudden, Captain. You know it. That one. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> what is his name? Starts with the S. I know. Now I gotta f and look it up. Oh, I just had it too. It's just like. A flash. <sighs> Squab. I don't know. Something like that. So, it's okay. something. Scully. Oh, you know, Sully. Sully. You were, oh, you were super so close. close. Oh, Captain Sullenberger. Wow. Sully. Good job, Caitlin. You nailed I tried, it. Well I, well, I didn't get it right, but it was Well, close. you were close to We haven't talked about that story. Maybe we should. Indeed. I actually almost did it one time. Oh, really? And I was like, everyone knows that. That's true. And Sorry. then it'd be like, Ooh. oh, my third uh, plane crash story in a row. <laughs> no, I was like, this is a helicopter crash. <laughs> it's not a plane crash. No, fair enough. Because I enough. did find another plane crash. And I was oh, like, hey, little kill me. I can't do it. No, you... you there was another one. Can. It was like a shipwrecked one. And I was like, I've done a lot of lost at sea ones. You can't do that. And You are the co-host, Michelle. You can, <laughs> I can tell whatever, whatever story, story I want. Yes. Now I'm afraid I'm going to start repeating stuff. 
Because I'll read a story and be like, oh, that sounds familiar. Did Caitlin tell that story? You just have to look back. Yeah. I mean, I started Out of all bazillion episodes, there's over 80 now, Caitlin. I know. Ugh. I know. There's... (laughs) You'll start telling your story be like, Michelle, this story has already been told. I am totally worried about that. You can always text me and ask. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if you're... Because I can easily just look it up. So, Well, thank you, you're Caitlin. Welcome. Next you're time. Welcome. All right. Well, we hope uh, you will have a nice Thanksgiving with your Indeed. family. Indeed. We got to wrap this up because I got DoorDash coming to my house. I know. I, <laughs> I have Uber Eats coming. Happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye. So, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, please enjoy these drinks. Like I said, uh, two ingredients. Super easy, super tasty. And yeah, if you need a little kick this Thanksgiving, yeah. a little something, something to help you through the holidays, Absolutely. this is going to do it for you. Boom. Am I going to be hungover tomorrow? Most likely. Is it worth it? I know. Yeah. It's a work night, too. So. I I'm going to be up at fucking 530. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, we hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time. And it's almost Christmas, so. Eat lots, have fun. Okay, bye. Bye.